I'm Matt Castillo with Chip Murphy. Welcome into another episode of the Nick's State of Mind podcast. Uh, we will have some conversations on a few more prospects as we get a little bit closer to the draft, which is actually Wednesday. Uh, so, you know, we, we touched on a, several picks, possibility picks, as the eighth spot uh, last week. And we will continue that a little later on. But, of course, it, it's – been I think the last several months of, of nothing but rumors and another rumor has emerged uh, with the latest news that uh, you, you have a bad situation out in Houston the relationship between James Harden and Russell Westbrook is very shaky both are not certain about their their futures with the team uh, it just seems to me that James Harden wants to play with everybody in the league and doesn't get along with any of them I just He's had so many different guys that they put him with, and it just doesn't work out, apparently. So, uh, Russ has been on the trade block. And, of course, that means the New York Knicks are brought into that conversation for a trade for Russell Westbrook. So, Chip, I'm going to ask you this. You know, we, we talked about Chris Paul a couple of months ago and, and leading up for several weeks as there was a lot of rumors there. Supposedly there were some offers on the table, whatever. Right now I'm hearing that Tom Thibodeau wants the Knicks to go ahead and get players to help win now. Russell Westbrook would fit that category. Um, We talked about this with Chris Paul, that maybe it's not the smartest thing for the Knicks to do. A 35-year-old point guard probably is better suited for somebody else making the trade than the Knicks. Russell Westbrook, 30 years old. Is that a guy that you're willing to give up more to make a trade for to bring to New York? No. No, I'd much rather Chris Paul. It's not even like a debate for me if it would be – there's no debate between Westbrook or Chris Paul. It's Chris Paul over Westbrook if you have to make a trade between the two of them. Uh, like Paul makes – I mean, I'm not going to say Westbrook doesn't make his teammates better at all, but Paul makes his teammates significantly better. Look at what he did in Oklahoma City this year. The evidence is – just there with Dennis Schroeder, SGA, Gallinari, what he did, what he did with all of those guys. They everyone had a better season than they've had pri- uh, prior to that, uh, and it, he would just tremendously in the short term he would help our uh, prospects going forward. Just Mitch, RJ, Frank. If it would, depending on if Frank would go out to Oklahoma City. But uh, it could be Knox staying, could be Frank staying. But Mitch and RJ would stay. So, God, he'd be a tremendous help to both of those guys, I think. And, yeah, I look. he played the mentor role to SGA, and it was huge for him. I just don't see Russ willing to do something like that. And Chris Paul was willing to hand over the offense to SGA at times. Mm-hmm. I mean, when, when the game was on the line, it was Chris Paul time, as it should have been. But I don't think Russ is ever going to hand over the offense to anybody who's, you know, 20 years old like R.J. Barrett is. So I think it's, it's always Russell Westbrook time. That's why he wants out of Houston. 
you know, yeah. there's all this talk about, oh, the culture, the culture, I, that's part of it. But let's be honest, he really wants to go back to being able to do whatever he wants all the time, like he did in Oklahoma City. He wants to go back to MVP Russ. Uh, I'm going to pad my stats, my assists, my rebounds, take as many shots as possible. And that's what scares me. Uh, Russell Westbrook, dribble, 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 fadeaway three, uh, and R.J. Barrett standing in the corner wide open. <laughs> like, right. You just don't want to see that. And it's – and God, I, I don't want Russell Westbrook. I don't want Russell Westbrook at all. So, And that's not even mentioning – the money. I mean, the money is insane. Uh, $47 million player option in 2022-2023. So the money is just too much. Like, you can't ignore the money. And with with all that considered, I think it's a hard pass. And I know uh, Macri reported recently that if the Knicks were to to pursue a trade, it wouldn't include any of their young guys or any of their like really good picks, like their this year's pick or the next year's 2021 pick. Uh, it would be a trade around Randall, but I still wouldn't do it. I just, I think he'd be a mistake to bring in. It'd be a terrible move for us to do it. And, and I think, you know, when you look at this and you have an opportunity to potentially bring in a guy like Westbrook, I get why it's intriguing, right? Like, you know, he, he was produced at a high level for – basically his entire career, Um, you know, and I think it's a guy that's always kind of somehow been linked to joining the Knicks at some point, you know, whether it was back in the day when he was a draft prospect, you know, there was some belief that, uh, you know, he could possibly be a Nick. I I think he went before. I can't remember everything about that, that, that draft in general, but I just know it's been a long time of having uh, some links towards Russell, uh, Russell Westbrook being, a New York Knicks. So there's a lot of things that are intriguing about him. And, and I think when we say, I don't think the Knicks should do this and we should pass, I, at least for me, Chip, it's not that I don't like Russell Westbrook. I, I actually, you know, I, I, I get that it's more about him, his stats, things like that. But I also just like the kind of player that he is. Um, I like the, the attacking guard, the above the rim type guard. That's, that's like one of my favorite types of players. But just because you can get a player like that, does it make it worth it? And I, and I, for the exact same reasons as you talked about, Chip, I just don't think if we were to make a trade, which I'm not even saying pull a trigger on a Chris Paul trade or anything like that, but I agree with you. I'd rather have somebody like Chris Paul to help some of our young guys and, and de- help them develop. You've seen what he's been able to do with some young players that he's played with. He's a great teammate. Um, that's not, that's not, Westbrook. I'm not trying to say like, oh, he's a bad teammate, blah, blah, blah. I'm not going to try to badmouth him or anything like that. I'm just saying Chris Paul is that kind of player that is certainly better for younger talent. And I think we have young guys that we are trying to develop right now. And I think it just makes more sense to go after a guy like Chris Paul. Not that I would. I just, again, I look at this for what it is, a rumor. I don't think the Knicks are going to be uh, making any deals to bring in Russell Westbrook. I know there's some that are hoping for it because people love the blockbuster deal. They love the big name. They love having a big piece there. But again, it's always a question. You have Russell Westbrook, then what? You just mentioned they have a, mo- a lot of money tied up into them. What, what do you do from there? You know, is 
is Russell a guy that can attract somebody to come and play? Do you think, Chip, if let's just say the Knicks did this, right? They went all in, they pushed some chips in, and they grabbed Russell Westbrook. Do you think he's a guy that people go, you know what, I want to play with, especially maybe in the New York setting? Is he a guy that can attract somebody to come play with? Then it might become worth it. Or do you say, no, he's just going to be that guy by himself in New York? No, I don't think he is. Yeah, I, I don't think. And, yeah, I mean, Ian Begley just – said on his show the putback that uh, a free agent for next summer's class was telling him i don't have any interest in being the first superstar in the door in new york and i just i don't see obviously that's always been uh something that makes gives guys pause coming to new york and being the guy especially since Mello was uh killed so much when he was the guy in new york but I don't see anyone uh, watching Russ go there and saying, man, I can hitch my wagon to him and me and Russ after what he did in Houston and things just went completely terribly. After that article that came out in The Athletic about how Houston is a complete shit show, why would anybody want to go play with Russ right now? Yeah. Right. After what happened with him and Harden were supposed to be boys. Yeah. And it was a total disaster. Mm -hmm. Like, and I know Harden, everyone's saying Harden is the bad guy. And Harden does seem like, what the fuck is going on with that guy? But after what happened in Houston, why would you be like, yeah, I'll go play with Russ if you're a great player? Yeah. Like, obviously, maybe Victor Oladipo will sign up. <laughs> that guy wants to go anywhere. <laughs> anywhere right. but Indiana for him. You know, I just heard, speaking of him, I've heard that he – uh, he's been asking around to see if teams uh, would take a flyer on him as well. But, you know, I look at Russell Westbrook and similar to James Harden, they have been surrounded by a lot of talented play. I mean, Westbrook and Durant were a combination for many years and then Durant left them. You know what I mean? So it's, it's, it just does not mean because you get a piece like Russell Westbrook, because I think that's what fans really get excited about. Not only do you get a good player, and you, people are going with them, if he's a good player, then why do you want him? There's a lot of reasons why you probably should stay away if you're the Knicks, and we're giving you some. Now, you know, I think the hope also is you get a guy like Russell Westbrook, you get more to come. A super team will build in New York. We're also giving you reasons why – people aren't going to come and play with them. You're just not going to, you're not going to get that big time combination to take out some other powerhouse teams. You're just not. And because of that, if you knew you had something, right? If you knew you can make a trade for Westbrook and then add another piece and make a really strong duo, then I think you look to make the trade, but you would have to make that trade and then find a way to get somebody. And if you don't, you're screwed. You're, you're holding on to a guy that's getting paid a crap load of money and you're kind of stuck in limbo. Yeah, you have an exciting player. You have an exciting piece that's somebody that's going to put fans in the stands. But is that going to result in wins? Is that going to result in competing for championships? Which right now, I, I mean, it would be nice just to start being competitive before we start talking about uh, competing for championships. I think that's the next step. But, you know, you're, just because you have somebody like Russell Westbrook, it doesn't mean – that you're going to be able to build a team around him. And I think some people look at him and go, oh, yeah, we'll definitely be able to add pieces there. I disagree with that. I like like you, Chip. I don't think he's somebody that's bringing in the top names. You know, they look at somebody like AD or something. Oh, wouldn't he want to play? No, 
No, because he could stay in LA and play with LeBron. I mean, that's that's not that's not going to do enough. You know, you, you're holding on to this. Oh, maybe Giannis will come. You know, you get rest. It's the what if, and the what if is what gets you in a world of trouble, and it has for years with the Knicks. You, you got to be smarter than this. For me, as much as I like Westbrook, and I think again, could be a better fit somewhere else, and could have success somewhere else, and then you'll have Nick fans going, "See, that could have been us. We could have done this." It's just not it's not the trade that I think the Knicks should look into. Quite frankly, with rumors, you know how I feel about them, Chip. I think that's just what they are, is rumors. They tie everybody to the Knicks somehow, some way. Um, it's not going to happen. I, I, I'm, my gut saying, no way this trade happens. Do you agree with me on that, on Chip, or do you really think this is something the Knicks might end up doing and making a move? Because like I said, Thibodeau is looking for players that can help win now. Is this something that you say could happen? I think that was a bit misleading because there's yeah. a difference between in win now. There's a big difference between Russell Westbrook and trading for Russell Westbrook and signing uh, Daniel Gallinari or Justin Holiday. Yeah, <laughs> you know, yeah. both of those are win now moves. Yeah, and Fred Van Vliet's a win now move, and mm-hmm. I do all three of those and sign all three of those right. guys. You know, right. so I think there's a big difference there. So I don't have a problem with Tibbs thinking that pushing that whatever you want to say yeah i endorse that completely and also he's uh i think bonnie even said that he said tibbs is a coach yeah of course he's going to push winning now moves it's up to rose to like dictate like the balance between the mm-hmm. two tibbs right. is what tibbs wants and what's good for the franchise but uh yeah the, the issue with russ too is when you bring in russ and you don't have a guy like harden the you're abandoning your culture and what you're building and your culture and what you're building becomes Russell Westbrook. And he takes over everything because he's bigger than the franchise. You saw that in Oklahoma city. That's why Durant left because Russ had such a big personality. He was bigger than everything. You know, the offense ran around him the franchise ran around him. And I just think that's another reason it's a big mistake. And as far as whether or not it's going to happen, I wouldn't say no completely because the Knicks could pull it off. And Tillman Fertitta does seem cheap, yeah. like he'd want to get off the contract. Right. And if he really wants out, which it seems like he does, yeah, they're going to try everything to get him out of there. And it's not like teams are going to be lining up to get him. You know, we right. saw Charlotte is interested. He's Jordan Brand. He's a Jordan Brand guy. So Michael Jordan, who knows? He's made, he's made big mistakes in the past. We'll see. And they also have the contracts to get him. So maybe Michael Jordan will pull that one off. Uh, I don't know. Orlando, I guess, has been mentioned. It'd be a terrible move by all three of those teams. Yeah. I can't see – I know a lot of people have been saying, I can't see a team that Russell Westbrook makes better. Yeah, I just don't see it. I know the Clippers were mentioned too. I don't know why Paul George for Russell Westbrook. I don't think that's a good move by the Clippers either. I just don't see it for anyone. Didn't that combination already happen? Yeah. Paul George and, you know, or was that after? No, no, no. Uh, the the trade is Paul George for Russell Westbrook. Oh, okay. Yeah. Got you, got you, got you, got you. Okay. Uh, no, I don't, I don't, I don't think that would work either. Now, with this being said, it doesn't seem like there's, there could be a team like Charlotte that makes a move. Do you think some kind of deal will happen? Do you think Houston will will deal Westbrook, or they're going to be stuck with the relationship of Harden and um, Westbrook together? 
if the Russell Westbrook trade happening in the first place is proof of anything, it's that any contract can be moved. So, yeah, yeah I think he'll get traded at some point. It may not be soon, but at some point he will get traded. Yeah. Yeah, I, I agree. I think he gets his way eventually, and they're ready to move on. Uh, with that being said, we're going to move on to the second part of this where we wanted to take a look at a few more prospects here. We feel, I, I feel, I should say as well, Chip, I don't know if you do agree with me. I think the guys that we covered last week are more the realistic kind of picks maybe for us at eight. A few more are possibilities. Uh, one, I don't think is a possibility on our list today. I just think people are uh, – Facebook Nick fans are, like, in love with this guy. Like, I, I have not seen – I go on every day, and there's something about Cole Anthony on there about, oh, then this, this guy could be a sleeper. I'm telling you – well, there's a reason why he's fallen back on uh, the, the draft boards. I mean, he's some have him at the very back end of the first round. I mean, could the Knicks, if he's there for the second pick in the first round for the Knicks, then would you pull it? Well, obviously, it depends what you do with your first pick. But then you might have something. At eight, there, there's some fans that want the Knicks to trade back. So it makes more – that doesn't make sense either. I, I just – he, he's somebody we're going to go into a little bit here, Cole Anthony. We also have uh, Cairo Lewis Jr. and then Isaac Okora, uh, some of the guys that are also potentially options for the Knicks at the eighth pick. I don't think they're, these are guys that necessarily will go. We'll see. Uh, but let's, let's go ahead and, and start with Cole Anthony. And, you know, I think what people like is that they watched him, especially early on last season where he had some monster games, right? He was dropping like 34 points and people are like, oh my God, this guy's a scoring machine. If you just let that go and think and watch the whole game in general and not just focusing on his stat line, you would realize a big part of that is that North Carolina was a terrible basketball team last year. It happens every once in a while for, for Coach Williams over there at North Carolina. They are a team that usually keeps players. They don't usually go one and done. So they might have a year or so where they struggle a little bit, but they develop their players. And then by the time they're juniors, some of them even stay to their seniors. That's when North Carolina seems to have their best kind of team. But every once in a while, they're not good. That was the case last year. It was a situation where Cole Anthony was simply the best player on not a very good basketball team. I had people, again, I'm in the area, in the market around Duke, North Carolina. I'm a little further away from that. I'm about four or five hours or so away from both those schools. But, you know, my, my radio station I work at is an affiliate with Duke. We do play Duke basketball uh, on our station. We do talk to some people from Duke, um, you know, and, and we do have some sources as well from North Carolina. So there's a lot of fans of both these teams. Um, in this area and I get to watch a lot of Cole Anthony down here and that's the one thing that I noticed is that he's the best player on a bad team and then I had some people look at me like I'm crazy like oh no man he's dropping big numbers then I, I just said watch the game go back and watch everything and the next this is people I work on the radio show with they come in and go you're right I did not I didn't I just didn't see it that way at first but when you really watch it He's not, he's really not all, all that great. He has a skill set and certain skill sets that can make him a good player, but there is still a lot of issues here. And just you look at some of the good things or, or some of the positive things about him, 
You know, he's strong in isolation. He's an aggressive player. You know, he's looking to score first. That's simply what he does. He's not looking to create really for others. He is looking to score. Yes, obviously, he has the bloodlines of an NBA player with his dad, Greg Anthony, who was a Nick for four seasons. I don't know if that's why Nick Twitter or Nick Facebook loves him because his dad was a former Nick for a few years. Okay. Um, you know, yes, he shoots the three ball well. But the weakness is, you know, he will force shots. That's the one thing I kept telling people is go watch. Go watch his shot selection. It's not very good. He takes a lot of hero shots, a lot of jack-up shots, hoping for the best. He has a tendency to over-dribble. He will turn over the basketball because at times he's very careless with the basketball. He's not a natural playmaker for others. He's not a guy that's going to go out there and create really offense for his, his uh, teammates and really set them up. Uh, he's looking to score. You know, he's gambles a lot defensively. I watched several games this year where, you know, I could see him try to anticipate a ball in the passing lane. It takes a bad gamble, gets himself out of position, leads to an easy bucket. Uh, and one thing I have noticed a lot about him, which is a huge no-no in the NBA, because pretty much everybody in the NBA, it's a game of three-pointers now. You cannot go underneath the screen. If you go underneath the screen, you're going to give up a great three-point look for these NBA players that are hitting it. And Cole Anthony, just about every time a screen is set, will slip underneath the screen. That's not going to get it done at the NBA level. So there is some things that I understand. Yes, he is a scorer. Yes, he could put the ball in the hoop a little bit. But I think there's so much more of the weaknesses of his game, which, yeah, he does have skills, like I said, and can – maybe eventually develop into a player, but I think he's going to struggle a little bit at first. I don't think he's going to be a guy that comes right into the, to the scene and puts up numbers like some people were seeing him do early on in the college basketball season. Uh, he's somebody that I understand why is slipping in boards. I think he was like the back end of the lottery. Now he's in the back end of the first round. And I, I, I'm, for one, just I understand. It. Some people can't figure it out why it's happening. There's a reason why that's happening. And I think early on in his rookie year and even his first few years, you might kind of see that from him. It's, it's not somebody that I think is somebody that can help you at least right away. Chip, what do you feel about Cole Anthony? You know, based on what people were saying about his defense, before I watched him for the first time, I thought he was going to be like this awful, all-time bad defender. He's not nearly as bad as I thought. He no, may be, he's not. Yeah, he may improve and be like a solid. Yeah, he may be like a solid defender. Yeah, overly aggressive. He could be a pretty good defender with the right right coaching. And Tibbs would be the right coaching. I think so much of it, so much of it is going to be about who drafts him, fit, whatever, with Cole Anthony. If he goes to the wrong team, he's going to be in a lot of trouble. Yeah. Um, The Austin Rivers comparison is just perfect, in my opinion. I agree. Um, yeah, uh, yeah. I, I don't want the Knicks to draft him, but the the number that st- uh, pops out to me initially is 4.0 assists to 3.5 turnovers. Exactly. 88, 88 assists this season, 77 turnovers. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's not a point guard. And he had – his usage percentage was 30. So the guy had the ball in his hands all the time, and he, he wasn't – Making play, he wasn't making smart decisions, so I I just don't I don't want that guy on the team, and I I get 
I get why the Knicks would want to take a shot on him at 27 because, like you said, the team was terrible. And, you know, I'm sure Carolina, they were missing a lot of shots that a better team would have made. But, God, I, there's so many red flags about him. And the bad shot, he took so many fucking terrible shots. And all the Cole Anthony apologists were like, who else is going to take the shots? Of course he had to take bad shots. His teammates sucked. No, he didn't have to take the shots. He wanted to take the shots. Yeah, of course. <laughs> like, he didn't need to take these fall down threes or whatever this shit was. He, he could have passed. He didn't have to take the, the terrible shots right. every single time. He could have passed. So, I don't want to hear that. And I just don't see how his role translates to the next level. And it, obviously, the Knicks aren't going to take him at eight. But at 27... I mean, there's other guards there who I... The thing about Cole Anthony is there's other guards there who are going to be there that I would prefer the Knicks to take, like Malachi Flynn. I really like Malachi Flynn. Mm -hmm. I would prefer the Knicks took him. Uh, Tyrell Terry, I'm not sure is even going to be there. But if he's still there, I would prefer the Knicks took him. I'd prefer they took Grant Riller. I like all those guys. So, Yeah. yeah, it's more about who... I like more than Cole Anthony, than Cole Anthony, to be honest with you. Yeah, and, you know, I, I just think people got really excited about what he did early on and saw some – because he did. He had some big games. He was he – was, there were some games that he just completely took over and won by himself, basically. But if you go look at sometimes against the better teams in the ACC, he had a lot of duds in there. He had a lot of duds in there. So – I'm just saying, there's a reason why he's dropping it. And I know Nick uh, tw- uh, Facebook that I'll put this on for them. and They're not going to like us this week. They're just not. They're not. Um, next guy we have here, I want to go with uh, Kyra Lewis Jr. And this is a guy that has certainly, I think, from his freshman year to his sophomore year, took a bit of a jump and improved in a lot of areas, especially in his assist game. You know, I think he only averaged about two assists his freshman year and jumped it up to uh, five five assists a game. Became, uh, you know, not a he's not an elite scorer. He's a solid scorer. You know, averaging about 13 points a game. Does shoot the basketball pretty well. Um, you know, has some height for a guard at six foot three. Um, you know, and quickness is the big thing with him, which is another thing that I do like is again Chip we talked about this several times the Knicks are not a good transition team they are not a fast break team they don't have guys that really finish well this is a guy that excels highly in fast paced transition basketball where he can be especially get off a a shot in transition or use his speed to beat somebody you know on the dribble and finish Um, you know, there's things that I like about him in this. And I, one thing I like about, again, I always bring this up. Anytime a, a guard is somebody that has about four or five rebounds per game, I like guards that can help rebound the basketball. I think it's really important for guards to get in there and help rebound uh, the basketball. And, you know, he, he averaged four a game. So he is aggressive. He gets in there. He's a little scrappy. And that's impressive right there because he's not a big guy. He's only about 167 pounds. So, again, you're looking at a guy that is going to have to build his frame. And being that undersized or underweight, I think it's going to take him some time to really fill into his body. It might take two or three years or so. 
Um, you know, he's going to have to spend a lot of time in the weight room for sure. That's absolutely a must that needs to happen. Um, you know, defensively, from what I've seen, his quickness helps them in passing lanes. He will create some turnovers and, and you know, take away uh, some passes and all that, which, again, will help in transition and off, um, you know, get out and running and finishing around there. But as I mentioned before, you know, he's not – a big frame guy, only 167 pounds. You're not going to get a guy from him that's going to finish in co with contact. He's just not strong enough to do so. Um, another thing that I do not like about his game, this is another guy that could be a little turnover prone as he averaged about four turnovers a game last year. You've got to take care of the basketball. Um, there's things that I like about his game. Um, you know, I like the speed. I like that he's a good solid shooter. Like he could help out in fast breaks, but this is a guy that I think that obviously if there's other players there, you absolutely take. So I would say, depending on who's there, I don't think he's quite going to be the eighth. I think he might go after nine, 10, 11 in that frame right there. Um, but there's things to like about him. That's what I'll say. Yeah. One point. 189 points per transition possession that's in the 93rd percentile so he's he was elite in transition yeah right yeah. that all of yeah and third in the sec in transition scoring like he and he was really good in the pick and roll too his pick and roll numbers were good he's just a, a smart player he's kind of kind of the opposite of cole anthony in that cole anthony really dipped and he jumped, Cole, he jumped over Cole Anthony because before mm -hmm. the season, there was no way he was going ahead of Cole Anthony. Right. Cole Anthony had this tremendous hype, and now he's ahead of him. But, yeah, I, I like him a lot too. I agree with you. He, he's probably going to go after Killian Hayes if Killian Hayes is still there. I, I just think being the Knicks, he's, he's the second-ranked point guard on our board. Yeah, so he's probably not going to be there. Let's be honest. Yeah. Right. But if he's not there, I like – I like Lewis. I think uh, it'd be nice if he was – I think we should take the best player available if, if right. uh, Hayes isn't there as a point guard. But, God, I – yeah, I have I have nothing uh, negative to say about uh, Kira Lewis because yeah. I think he's – he's – he's, my favorite thing about him is the way he plays in transition, obviously. But uh, a lot like uh, – Isaac Okoro. Isaac Okoro's defense obviously is great, but he's he's just so aggressive, Okoro. But right. no, I like Lewis. I, I I would take him. He'd be like one of the top five players that I would take. So I'm high on him big time. See, see, and Halliburton is a guy I like more than Lewis. But like we talked about last week, with Halliburton, probably makes a better fit somewhere else. So. You know, I can, I can see if Hayes is not there, the Knicks being interested in him. I like that, you know, he showed a big jump, like I said, to start off with the, the profile with them. And it's showing that he is improving in a lot of areas in his game. And, yeah, there's things that are going to take some time. I don't know if he steps on the floor day one and you're totally wowed by him if he was our eighth pick. But I think you give him some time. I think he can be a pretty solid player, a, a solid choice to take uh, at the eighth pick if somebody like uh, Killian Hayes is off the board. Um, you also mentioned Isaac 
Okoro. Uh, he's the last guy we're going to kind of profile here. This is another guy I really like. There's limitations in his game, but the, I just the kind of player that he is is something that I really like. Um, I look at his frame right off the bat, 6'6", 220 pounds. He's a strong kid, and he knows how to use the strength. He's a very physical player, which, as you mentioned before, makes him a really solid defender out on the wing. Um, you know, things that I've hear, heard about him from coaches and people that have worked with him is that he's a he's, he comes to work every day. He works hard. He's focused. You know, he's passionate about the game. Um, you know, has a high basketball IQ, really understands the game well. Uh, and I like players like that, that come in focus, coming into work, you know, some physicality. That's – Lord knows that's something else the Knicks need. Knicks need more physical uh, players on their team, especially you think of a Tom Thibodeau team. He likes physical players, right? He's going to want defensive guys. He's going to want guys that can, you know, get dirty and not afraid uh, to use their bodies. And this is that kind of player. I think he can fit pretty well with uh, Tom Thibodeau and be that kind of guy in his system that he would enjoy. You know, he's a slasher type player that demonstrates great body control, is a strong finisher at the rim, even with contact. As again, he has his physical size, his strength um, helps him out tremendously. The, the downside to Okoro is obviously he is not a shooter. He does not demonstrate uh, a, a soft touch. He doesn't, uh, doesn't really have a shooter to touch in general. I think 28% or so is where he was from the three-point line. Um, free throw line, I know he was 67% from the free throw line. And, and this is a guy that likes to slash and attack the basket. So he will get to the line some. So you would want to see that free throw percentage go up. Uh, and he's also not the strongest ball handler. There's times that he's a little loose with his dribble. He will have the ball poked away from him. That's another area in his game. This kid was a freshman last year, so he's young. I think there's a lot of upside, a lot of potential for him. I don't know if he develops a shot, develops a mid-range game, anything like that. I just know that he has some characteristics of being physical, being a slasher. I think there's a place for you in the NBA if you can do that. I would like to see him at least improve his mid-range game. This is, again, I think there's other choices that are going to be there that possibly are better for the Knicks. But if he's there, other guys are off the board. Chip, I got to be honest, this is a kind of player I like. I, I just like uh, his physicality, his size, his strength, the way he's able to defend. Uh, this is one of my kind of players, and I think somebody, like I just said, that would fit Tom Thibodeau's style. So he's somebody I like, Chip. Yeah, about the jump shot, too, me and Jeff had uh, Ian Borders, who's a uh, uh, associate coach on Auburn uh, and on uh, Hoops Addicts. And he talked about Okoro's jump shot and said that it's really been overblown in his opinion. And he mm -hmm. pointed towards the small sample size. He's like, Isaac only took 73s this year. It's not enough to gauge whether or not he's a three-point shooter. So he, he said that NBA people shouldn't be worried about Okoro's jump shot. Obviously, he's his coach. What's he going to say? Right. But so he said that it's being overblown. He thinks that Okoro can be a, a good jump shooter. Uh, anyway, I, I like the fact that almost 70% of his shots came at the rim this year, and he mm -hmm. still shot like 68% at the rim. He was still 
really good finishing. Like you said earlier, finishing through contact because he's so damn strong. Uh, he's aggressive. You know, he's not going to be afraid to attack just like RJ. Uh, I'm not sure how great a fit he would be with RJ because he's a non-shooter and because they both like to attack the rim. I could be wrong about that. I have no idea. Uh, if they took him, I'd be, I'd be fine with that. Yeah, uh, I like him. Chip. I really do. Yeah, I wouldn't. The thing about this draft is, I'd be fine if they took Hayes, Vassell, Okoro. I like all three of those guys. I like Lewis. You know that I'd be, I'd be pissed off if they uh, missed out on Hayes by one pick. <laughs> like if yeah. the Pistons took Hayes, I'd be like, ah, shit. But uh, no, nah, but I. I'd be okay with Okoro and Vassell. So I, I like Okoro. And like you said, the, the Tibbs thing, because he's a great defender, I feel like he would be a good Tibbs guy. And he's already a guy who looks like he can contribute on defense right away. Yeah. So he'll be able to play right away for us just because of that. I'm not sure how much he's going to do offensively early. Uh, probably very little unless they – play a more up-tempo style. I'm not sure if Tibbs is going to want to do that. But, uh, yeah, I think he'll be able to get some minutes early uh, because of his defense. Yeah, and this is – I know it's weird because I, I always preach, we need shooting, Chip. We need we need guys that can shoot. And, and But this is one of my players I – re, I really do. I'm really high on Okoro. Um, you know, I, again, I'm right there with you because I think right now if, if you told me i got to make my pick, I can get – the guy that I, you know, some of these guys that we talked about, I, I would take Hayes. Killian Hayes would be my pick if I was drafting today. Um, I don't know. Is that your guy too? If you if you had to make a decision on all these guys, we have kind of, is Killian Hayes the guy you would take at eight? Killian Hayes is yeah. definitely the guy I would take. Yeah. I just, I don't think he's going to be there. But if he's there, you got to take him in my I opinion. Agree. I think I you agree. have to. I agree. And you know, I look at different options. There's a lot of players I like, but I, I'm telling you, I would not be upset. And again, like you pointed out, a lot of the guys we've talked about, I, I wouldn't be upset if we took, but I really wouldn't be upset if we took a core. I just, I think, I just, I like physical players that are going to do the dirty work, do things, you know. And like you said, you, we may not get much from him offensively, especially early on. Um, you know, I, if he's going to score the basketball a lot, it might be coming on like a second chance opportunity, you know, crashing the glass, get him in there finishing, or, you know, if he slashes to the basket or something like that, but I think he can have an impact defensively right away. And that's just something I like. And again, I think Tom Thibodeau would love, I, I think he's the kind of player that Tom Thibodeau looks for and gets production out of. So I think it would make a lot of sense. And I have seen some mock boards where he has gone to the Knicks as of late. Just look, and I always look every once in a while, see what different people are saying. Um, would it be Matt if he if he's the pick? So he's somebody I really liked and I enjoyed watching. And I did see some, you know, uh, some games from Auburn this year where I watched them, but wasn't like coming into the draft. I wouldn't say, oh, that guy's that. You know, he he didn't stand out to me until I started watching some uh, some things on him and reading up on him and all that. And I I've kind of grown on him he's one of my favorite players in this draft to take so uh killian hayes would be my guy but i would not be upset with okoro being there uh for the Knicks. so that's it chip we are we're right there at the draft um you know we got a few more days before the draft and 
before we know it, the season's already going to be here and start. We're coming uh, just over a month until the season starts now. So uh, it's going to be a quick turnaround for these rookies as well as they jump right into training camp at early December, maybe the end of November, really. Um, so it's, it's, it's nice that we'll finally have the draft and we'll know next Wednesday. And I think we're planning on doing some things on draft night, Chip. Is that, have we got that in motion yet? Yeah, man. I think we, uh, me and you and Jeff should do something uh, the night of the draft. Yeah. Have a little fun with it. I'm looking forward to it. But we'll wrap it up right here. Uh, thanks for listening. We'll be back very soon with another episode of the Nick State of Mind podcast. <laughs>